Welcome back to the Sully Scoop, where three lifelong Husker pros dive in-depth on all surrounding the new era of Husker football, where our cups never run dry of the roulade under head coach Matt Rule, made by fans for fans, with J-Cell, B-Cell, and T-Cell. Back here on your favorite Corner Skirt podcast, and that is the Sully Scoop. We have Dylan Rayola, once again, his name in the headlines, coming out of the Elite 11 camp. However, we did get to see Daniel Kalen there, the new Husker quarterback coming in who has committed for the 2024 class. Yeah, I think news out of the Elite 11 camp was Pretty much spot on, like you said, Jaisal. Uh, Dylan Rayola totally just blew expectations out of the water. And a lot of times you hear these, hear about these kids who have parents who were all-star athletes and they're just kind of living off the name. And I think Dylan Rayola actually holds his own and probably has an opportunity to become a stellar college quarterback as well as a guy who makes it to that next level at the NFL level. Uh, The other thing to note is, like you said, Daniel Kalen showed off his skills here. Wasn't the top guy in this program. Um, Not that we needed him to be, but he did show off his accuracy by winning the accuracy challenge on Friday of this three day event. Yeah, I think it's important to just note that Daniel Kalen, yes, he was there. So, I mean, he's good enough quarterback around the country to get an invite. He he didn't look like the best guy there. And ultimately, he didn't need to be the best guy there because we're not expecting Daniel to come in and be the starter day one. A guy like Dylan Rayola, he's a guy who needs to come in and start right away. And if he doesn't, he's got, not going to be happy and leave. So, like, if it were Dylan Rayola, he needs to be in that top three consideration. But a guy like Daniel Kalen, look, he's probably going to be redshirted and waiting, you know, one to two years before even seeing his first pass in college football. So he's got a lot of years to learn, and ultimately it's just good for him to get that type of experience. I don't know that you're having any quarterback out of this program sit one to two years there, T. Well, Jeff Sims is probably going to be the starter for the next two years, and and if not, I'm assuming until you're until more Jeff in. Sims comes out and has a Cam Newton esque season and takes this Cornhusker team to the national championship, and then he's gone. He's going to be a top pick in the draft. This guy, we got okay. to cut him off a of Kool Aid. I am telling you, B. Saul, he has drank himself beyond belief. He's beyond the point of return. But let me just say, I do want to agree with you, T. Saul. It is. Pretty huge to have an invite, and even though the Huskers didn't get the big name, the big headliner, the guy everyone wants in Dylan Rayola to commit, they still got a guy who got invited to the camp itself, and that is an honor in itself. But if he doesn't get bigger, if he doesn't get stronger, he is not going to excel at the college level. Exactly, Jay Saul, and that's why you fully expect this guy to get redshirted, sit as a redshirt freshman, sit as probably a redshirt sophomore before truly competing as a junior. And a lot of guys these days don't like to wait for that, but the ones who do have the potential to turn themselves around or a program around or do something spectacular, 
versus transferring out to Florida Atlantic because ultimately that doesn't help anybody. Now, Tisal, listen, you can't take a page out of George's handbook here and have your quarterback sit for six years before he gets to play for four and win two championships. Not everybody gets to live the Stenson Bennett life and go to school for a total of 15 years. Well, Bissell, hey. you just said you just said that's the script for success. So you got to get in there and you got to let Daniel know this is the way to be successful like Georgia. So you sit for three years, just like the way it used to be, and ultimately will build one of the greatest programs you'll see. Absolutely. It's almost like somebody took the time from the offense inside and out to be able to drive that Georgia Bulldogs team to back-to-back championships, something that the college football landscape, the college football world has seen since the 94-95 Huskers. And I mean, Bissell, another aspect of having a successful program is just having a coach that is sticking around for that long. I mean, we haven't had the luxury of people who have either wanted to stick around that long or who even deserve to stick around that long. So we need Matt Rule to, to sit here and coach for, you know, five to ten years, and you'll see true change. Now, T-Cell going off of his script, off of his playbook, I don't know if we're going to get Matt Rule for that long. I don't know if he sticks around. I mean, he's only been at places for three years. Yes, he turns it around in three years, but he's only been there for three years. I don't know if he sees this as, you know, a locking spot or if it's just going to be a stepping stone because he did go to Penn State. Now, Jaisal, there's a couple of things here that I think we just need to address. Stop trying to get rid of Matt Rule before he coaches a game. Rule's in for the long haul. He wants to build the program back up, and he's the perfect guy for it, and he's got Bissell's stamp of approval. Second off, I don't know where you get off throwing out incorrect claims like that. And, yes, we all remember the 94-95 Huskers repeating as champions. However, are you forgetting Alabama's run of back-to-back champions in 11 and 12? What about USC and three and four? You've got back-to-back champions since Nebraska before Georgia did it. And I can't believe you're just blatantly disrespecting Nick Saban like that. And you know what, Jay Saul? I'm going to jump on B-Cell's train and come right at you because you're talking about Nebraska being a stepping stone for this guy's resume. Look, Jay Saul, Nebraska is not a stepping stone. Nebraska is the destination. You, There's nowhere to go after coaching Nebraska. What's the point of leaving Nebraska if you turn it around to go to Ohio State to then have to turn them around because obviously if they fire their coach, they're struggling. But like Nebraska's not that. Anything that Ohio State can do when Ohio State is up – is exactly what Nebraska can do when Nebraska is up. Now, if you're talking about Iowa, sure, yeah, Iowa can be a stepping stone. You know, it could be a roll of toilet paper, depending on how you want to use it. Well, let me just tell you, Bill Callahan used it as a stepping stone. Bo Pelini had to end up using it as a stepping stone. Mike Riley used it as a stepping stone in our famous one from just a few years ago, a.k.a. the past few years. 
Scott Frost used it as a stepping stone in there. It's not a stepping stone if it's a plank you're getting walked off. Hey, guess what? At the end of the day, it becomes a stepping stone because you ain't standing on it for a long time. You ain't becoming a statue. I'm just saying we haven't seen one of those since Tom Osborne that has stuck around for more than five years. Jay, so a stepping stone means that you're using it to get to a place that's better than where you started. And I would say all of those names that you named, none of them ended at a place that they were happy with versus where they had been. Bo Pelini had to go coach at Youngstown State for like five years before being a defensive coordinator for LSU for like three games. And what did he get Bill when he was Callahan, there? What did he get Bill when he Callahan, was there? What did he get when he was at LSU? He got shown the door. That's he what got happened. a trophy. This man got a ring himself, and it no, says national not. championships when he was with LSU. Yes, he did. That's not true. He got fired long before they won championships. He still got a championship ring. He was there in 2019 when they won it all under Joe Burrow. And I'm going to tell you something else, Jay. So Bill Callahan went from being head coach at Nebraska football to being a nobody in the NFL. Because that's My exactly point, what Bill I, Callahan is. First of all, let me just say that not a lot of college coaches could go to the NFL and do it how they do it in college football and do it the same in the NFL. It is a different type of football there, T. So if you took Bill Belichick and threw him into college football, he would not be the same caliber coach that he is in the NFL. And if you took Nick Saban and threw him in the NFL like he already was prior it is not the same caliber Nick Saban that you have in college football. I just want you to know that. And secondly, I'm saying it's a stepping stone in their career. It doesn't mean it's a stepping stone in the right way. It's just a stepping stone. It's not a stepping stone. It's a pile of mud. Their career ended as soon as they left Nebraska. That's what happened. And I can't believe you just compared Bill Callahan to Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. Because those three names should not be named in the same sentence. You could throw Nick Saban out there. You could throw Bill Belichick out there. But somehow you're dropping Bill Callahan's name in there. I don't know where you're coming from, Jay. So I think maybe you had a little too much Kool-Aid or some kind of drink in your hand over there. And another Bill thing Callahan. is Bill Callahan Bill, did not Bill, make it in the NFL. Bill Callahan no, had the same you know amount of success that Matt Rule had in the NFL. In the NFL. In the NFL, Bill Callahan became a cappuccino boy because he's just getting cappuccinos for the head coach just so he can get a paycheck every week. Guess what? So you'd rather see him go in the reverse order. You'd rather see cappuccino boy coming in, be the head coach. Because look, Bill Callahan did the exact same. He did just as good as Matt Rule did in the NFL. And now we're bringing that guy in. So we're getting cappuccino boy. That's what I'm going to start calling him. Matt Rule will now be known as Cappuccino Boy until my Kool-Aid cup gets filled. Now, now, Jason, let's just let's let's rip the band-aid off here. Let's just be real. A Matt Rule has a longer coaching head coaching history and more stops under his belt than Bill Callahan ever did. Bill Callahan got gifted the Oakland Raiders when he was given the head coaching position, made it to the Super Bowl changed the entire game plan the night before the Super Bowl. They lost to John Gruden. Only reason Gruden's on the map and a great head coach is because he beat Bill Callahan in the Super Bowl. Callahan then turns around the next year, 
terrible because he mentally checked out because Perlman called him up and said, "Hey, hey, Bill, I like how what many you championships did in the Super Matt Bowl. Rule been to? How many how many championships has Matt Rule been to? You're missing the point here, my friend. You are missing the point that Bill Callahan lost." the 2003 season in the NFL because he wanted to come to college football and have full say in every aspect of the football program. So he wasn't forced out. He wanted to leave. He wasn't forced out is what you were saying. Correct. Amundo because nobody wanted to be and the coach. coach we just under got Al was Davis. fired and the coach yes. we just got was fired. Absolutely. Okay. So that now you see where I'm drawing the comparison and now we're getting cappuccino boy. We could have had urban Meyer. I just want you to know that. Nobody wants Urban Meyer. Say that to Ohio State. Say that to Florida. Say that to those championship rings. Listen, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I do not need an ESPN 30 for 30 talking about everything that Urban Meyer did wrong at a program. Well, let me tell you, he can bring that. Bring the 30 for 30. I'll get on it once I'm hoisting my ring as well. Guess what? We're all in it for championships here, B. So I don't care if you do it the right way. You can go cheer on sprinkles in the XFL if you want to, because nobody wants to see it that way. We just want to win. We don't care how we get there. AKA that's how the rest of college football does it. And now that they made NIL legal, it's a whole different ballgame. Start paying the players in front of everyone. You don't think Alabama was paying players before. You don't think LSU brought in those guys by paying them. Come on. Everyone cheats if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I never said that it wasn't that players weren't being paid prior. All Do I'm it saying, and ask for forgiveness after. That's all I'm saying. Go get a championship and guess what? Everyone will look on past. So I guess you guys are both backing up Cappuccino Boy. What do you think is your biggest aspect coming into this season that you are most excited to see under Cappuccino Boy's team? Well, Jay, so to be honest, what I'm looking for most for Cappuccino Boy's first season is the amount of espresso that he feeds that offensive line and makes them hungry or at least wakes them up to play a football game because we haven't seen offensive line play since – Bo Pelini left, and ultimately I'm sick of that, and something has to change. And if espresso's the option, espresso's the option, baby. Yeah, I think what I'm looking forward to most there, JSL, is going to be after that Thursday whooping the Huskers put on Minnesota week one is for you to have a big old cup of roulade and be buying into Matt Rule and this Nebraska Husker team this year. Be so they're calling me the reality check now. That's what they're gonna start nicknaming me. Who you know, is you. calling you the reality check? Mr. Scott Frost is never gonna lose another game. Reality and everyone that lives in it. Listen, Beso, I don't know how you see these Huskers going to Minnesota and taking them down like that. I don't see how you just are abruptly looking past the past years that we've had. The past what, few years. What did Minnesota do this offseason off season that makes them just so much more dominant than the Huskers? 
Well, I'll tell you what they did a little bit before that during the season. They beat us, Bissell. They beat us year in, year out. Since Scott Frost has been at Nebraska, we have not Again, Scott Minnesota. Frost is gone. They beat Scott Frost. And what you're forgetting Still the is same their, players. No, their 15-year quarterback, Tanner Morgan's gone. Mo Ibrahim, gone. Minnesota is trotting out a whole new team this year. So now it's really going to be who's the better coach, Matt Rule or P.J. Fleck? And I got money on Matt Rule. That is not the case. That is not what that game comes down to. Listen, P.J. Fleck's guys have been there. They've been to bowl games. They've won games. Listen, it's a winning atmosphere up in Minnesota. You come down to Lincoln, there isn't one guy on the team that's gone to a bowl game in the red and white. And honestly, going to a bowl game isn't even asking that much. That's six wins there, B-Cell. Jason, how quick you are to forget that the Huskers would have been to a bowl game if they didn't vote to bypass it when they should have taken the extra practices and gone to it. But let's just let's. How just many wins did here. they have? How many wins did they have that year? Doesn't matter. Not bowl Does eligible. It? They got lucky to even be invited. That's why Does they didn't go. Let matter. me tell you something. No, it was a short if they would have been up, what? if they would have hey. been up to go to the national championship, you better believe they would have gone. But guess what? They didn't deserve a bowl game. That's why they didn't go to a bowl game. That's why they didn't play one. They opted that their season was terrible enough and that they saw a brighter future. Let me tell you something, B. So we all watched their futures. There was nothing brighter coming their way. B. So I got to ask you a question here, okay? If you're arguing that Scott Frost deserved a bowl game that season, then that would mean that you're probably the same guy arguing that Sprinkles should have never been fired because he went to bowl games two out of three years. Is that correct? And guess guess what else he's arguing? That Cappuccino boy, before he's even stepped foot into a, on the field during a game day, is going to go out there and just tarnish the everyone else that steps on the field with them against him. So to come back at both of you here, just and address everything and all the elephants in the room. You got a T-Sol, lot to address, bunch of elephants. T-Sol, I am defending that the Huskers should have taken that bowl game because it would have given them more organized practices to get the team better for the future. Second thing, but we all we the, all know the issue the isn't game. that Sprinkles shouldn't and have been fired or help. should have been fired. He never should have been hired, and I was against the Mike Riley hire from day one. And the fact that Big Dog was out there talking about it, and he was like, well, you know, Alabama at one point really wanted Mike Riley, and they had to settle for Nick Saban at that time. There is no way on God's green earth that Mike Riley and Nick Saban should be in the same freaking conversation ever again. And let's just face it, Nebraska botched it there because they wanted the polar opposite of Bo Pelini at that time. And Jay Saul, I'm going to tell you something one more time here. Buy in, crack that fresh roulade open, and have a drink because Matt Rule will be walking off the field game one with a victory over the Golden Gophers. And I got one thing to say about it. One thing, one thing. Dark horse for Heisman, Jeff Sims. 2023 now be so let me tell you something i am not buying in i have no reason to buy in listen oh oh jason it isn't just jason you're just... not buying in you're not buying in because i'd like all the scoopers to go out and take a look at mr jason's twitter account because i believe he was the one out there also campaigning that mr jeff sims is a dark horse for heisman and he even added 
Don't at me. And what are you doing right now? You're going against my word, first of all. I'm going right Second with of your all. word. I'm going right with your word. And you're sitting here not backing it up. You're saying, I never said that. I don't think Jeff Sims is going to do that. I don't think Matt Rule is a good coach. I Listen, never said I didn't Matt think Rule, Jeff Sims was going to do that. Rule Sims 2023. Uh, I'm not buying into Rule there, B. So I, I don't know how else to tell you. I'm not how, buying it. How are I you not buying any... into Matt Rule if you think Jeff Sims is going to be a Heisman candidate? How when can you the... not buy into the head coach for a quarterback that you have deemed a Heisman candidate? That doesn't make any sense there, JSL. And I would love to hear how you can explain that a head coach has nothing to do with a kid getting on the Heisman. I'm when you're going to let me talk there, be so I'm going to give you my pitch. So how I see it going down is you got Jeff Sims. I could see him working a little little magic. He's going to put a little Lamar back into college football. And guess what? I could see him doing big things. However, I have no reason to buy into these Huskers. Listen, I bought into that kid. I bought into the quarterback. I think he's a great player, and he's going to make it to the next level. However, I have not bought into the Huskers. I haven't seen anyone else on this team that's made me think, hmm, we're going to win a game. I haven't even seen a winning season in about mm, six years and when Mike Riley was still there. And guess what, Bisa? I have no reason to buy into Cappuccino, boy, because, hmm, go look at what he did last year for the Carolina Panthers. Different animal. Well, yeah, Jay, so that's a completely different animal. I mean, you you may as well, you know, mark off that the same thing with the Chicago Bears or the Detroit Lions. I mean, these coaches have been put in positions to ultimately fail. And based on the things that Carolina was doing. So coming to Lincoln, over, Nebraska right now, you're just expecting the whole world to fall into the place. Listen, he went to Carolina. Where do you think the Huskers are at? They, they're finished at the bottom of the bottom in the Big Ten West. Jay Salt, what you are comparing right now is an owner who is not buying talent in Carolina versus a college football program that you have the ability to recruit players to, that you are telling them what your vision is and how you're going to get there. And to top it all off, we got some of the best facilities out there in college football, and they're only going to get better. And Matt Rule is the perfect guy to go out and tell these kids about it and get Nebraska back on the map, which he will do. Game one against Minnesota. Again, yeah, Jay Saul. No, no, hold on. See, Jay Saul, if if I go out there and I'm the head coach, and you're telling me that my team's trading Christian McCaffrey. I know I'm getting fired at the end of the year because I'm thinking, what the hell else is left on this team? And we're bringing in Baker Mayfield for what reason? That's what Carolina was doing. They made a ton of terrible decisions. Ultimately, Carolina's going to be one of the worst teams in football for the next five to six years. And they better draft right is all I'm saying there. It's a lot easier to turn around a college football program because if you're a good recruiter, that's really all you got to be. If you're with a program that's willing to buy in and Nebraska buys in every year, the fans buy in, the president buys in, the athletic director, they all buy in, they pour their money, you know, all the boosters, they all dump their money in there. So you got no problems there. We know Matt Rule. He's a great recruiter. As you saw this week, we've just loaded with a bunch of talent. And ultimately, in the NFL, you can't recruit and do stuff. You have to draft right or you're gone. And you have to have an owner that's willing to pay people. And Carolina had none of those three things. All right, well, T, so let me just cut you off there. Listen, 
I am the head spokesperson for the not bought in, not bought into Cappuccino boy just yet. And guess what? I am going to go out there and be speaking about it because guess what? The fans aren't all bought in. We bought into Mike Riley after Bo Pelini. You know, we saw a couple championship games, you know, opportunities. We haven't seen a championship win in forever. Guess what? Then we bought into Mike Riley. Didn't work. Then we bought into Scott Frost. Didn't work. Now you want me to buy into Cappuccino Boy? I don't think so. Not so fast. I'm not doing it again because I get my hopes up all, all spring and summer and just get ready to go. And then week one, they're going to lose. And so, no, I have not bought into Cappuccino Boy. I just want B-Cell to come out here and say, if the Huskers go and lose week one to Minnesota, that he will be calling Matt Rule Cappuccino Boy. Now, Jason, you put me that he wasn't agreed to it right away. It sounds like his Kool-Aid has almost run dry. He sounds nervous. It has nothing to do with either of that. How do you tell somebody ain't going to happen for both things? Because a lost week one ain't going to happen. So agree to it. He will be known as Cappuccino Boy if he loses. Me going out and referring to the Rule-Aid man as Cappuccino Boy ain't going to happen. Go go tell the you fans. Want to know what you why? Just do you want to know why? Hold on, Jason. Tell the fans what you ordered the other day. Hold on. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? There's somebody at your door. I I think you should get that. I think it's the roulade man. Be so tell everyone what you ordered the other day because we all know you ordered a shirt. You told me and T saw about it, and it says Urban Town. And the only way we are gonna get Urban Town here. Tisa, this is news rule. to me. No, Tisa, I remember I, I told you about this. I thought, yeah, you know what? If I forgot to tell you about it, then I forgot to tell you. Le- you're learning it here on the Sully Scoop. Nothing fake news here. So listen, he ordered an Urban Town shirt. The only way that happens is if Matt Rule goes out and loses week one. Look, I'm not hoping that happens, but he is Cappuccino Boy. And when he becomes Cappuccino Boy at Bill's eyes, you'll see him in his Urban Town. Yeah, and be so you know to go even a little further. I believe, I believe there were a ton of times last season and all the seasons previous where you looked me dead serious right in the eyes and you said there was absolutely no way, no, that's not going to happen. And weren't you the guy live on air last year going into the Illinois game at Nebraska? You said. Illinois was going to steamroll Illinois. Wasn't that you that said that? And we go ahead and lose by 20 points? Don't forget about the year prior to that. Because listen, B-Cell, Cappuccino Boy is here, and I don't think he's here to stay. Now, if each of you will just take a little breather here. J-Cell. Anybody who listens to the scoop knows damn well that I would burn a shirt labeled Urban Town before ever purchasing something that said a saying that's stupid. Nobody wants Urban Meyer in Lincoln besides you, and you're outvoted by every single person in the state of Nebraska. Secondly... Exactly why my cup has ran dry. You guys keep filling up your cups with this nonsense Kool-Aid. Listen, 
Nobody urban, is listening to you talk about Urban, urban Meyer town, I'll be having my Secondly, T-Cell, to come back at you, I believe it was you who used the word steamroll against no, Illinois. No way. I it did was not you. pick a loss there, <laughs> and I did say Nebraska would blow them out, but I believe you said it would be a steamroll effort and they would not stand a chance. Not a single person on this panel picked (laughs) Illinois to beat Nebraska, nor should anybody on this panel ever pick the Illinois fighting Illini to beat Nebraska. Well, let me tell you something, B-Cell. You don't want to see my picks anymore. We are at rock bottom for every single Nebraska fan in the world, every single Sully Scoop listener. We are at rock bottom, and Matt Rule is the light at the end of the tunnel. And listen, it's either going to kill us or it's going to take us to the promised land. And I choose to believe with my cup of roulette, he is taking us to the promised land. I don't know how you're just believing in the cappuccino juice box boy. Listen, he hasn't done anything in the past two, three years. I don't know how you're just buying into this guy. He hasn't even been with the Huskers for over a year. We haven't even seen him play anymore. These kids don't even know his scheme. And you're coming out here just buying in. Be so... I don't even know if we're going to make a bowl game. If we get six wins, I'm ecstatic. And you're out here picking that we're going to win the West. Yeah, b And again, I just want to reiterate to all the scoopers out there that b is definitely the one, if you can all remember, that said steamroll Illinois. And j if you recall, when we were at the Illinois game, b was walking around, handing around, he was walking around handing out his mixtape that said, steamroll these bastards. Do you remember that, J-Soul? Because I do. Wouldn't forget it. So I guess you guys never really answered my question. I want to know what you got under Cappuccino, boy. What do you have the record? It is. It may be too early to pick, but let me tell you something. Not too early in my mind. What are you picking there? Well, I asked you first. I just want you to know that we're not bringing in any other guys that come in and they're going to be playmakers and ball out year one. I mean, they don't even know the scheme. Hell, these guys that we got already don't even know the scheme. I want to know what your pick is. Uh, 10 and 2 or 11 and 1. This guy has a serious problem. All right, he's he's been listening to his mixtape way too much. <laughs> Look. I'm, re- I'm going in realistic right now. I'm saying seven and five, but I expect better. Who are your five losses? I don't know, are, if so, but your... I, I definitely didn't have eight losses last year. I can promise you that. I think we are lucky to be six and six by the end of the season. Who are your six losses? Pull up this schedule, JSL, because every single time we sit down and we do this, you change your opinion on the Hus- this Huskers team because you sit down, you look at the schedule, and you go, oh, man, the Big Ten didn't screw us for once. Who are going to be our six losses here? Every single game on this schedule is winnable. And you know what? I'm expecting maybe two trip-ups here. One being against Michigan coming off a college football playoff berth and really returning pretty much the entire same team. And then the other one, probably at Madison for a trip to play the Badgers. Listen here, B-Saw. I got us starting week one. Loss. 
I don't know how you just see this guy coming out here and steamrolling a coach that's been there and has his players already developed. You know, I got this asterisk next to it, but I'm really hopeful that the Huskers go into Colorado and beat Colorado. But, you know, I'll put an asterisk next to that. Why? Because I'm excited for it. That's going to be my rule game. That's going to be my cappuccino boy if he keeps going or not in my eyes. Because otherwise, I don't think I can support him. Then Michigan is a loss in my book. B saw, I don't even understand how you guys can keep in T saw. I don't understand how you guys can keep picking this other game as a win for the Oscars at Illinois loss on a Friday night. I don't think so. We haven't beat Illinois and Brett Bielema's had our number pretty much since day one. Um, Then we'll keep going. Michigan state. I see him making a little bit of a rebound and I think we're going to lose to Michigan state at Michigan state. We just lost to what two years ago under Scott Frost. And we had that game one. And guess what? They found a way to come out as the victors. And then I got Wisconsin and Iowa as both losses there. B saw. Guess what? That oh, makes up the six phone, losses. So you need to fill up your cup just a little more because there is absolutely no way that we're going to lose to Iowa. I can promise you this, Jason, with how terrible our team was and all the distractions we had last year, we whooped Iowa's butt. And, yes, I don't care that they made it close at the end of the game because we all watched the game. We all know it was not a close game the entire way through. Our defense was trash. Our coaching was trash. Ultimately, was trash. There's absolutely no way that Iowa is going to beat us. If anything, Iowa is has potential to be the worst Big Ten team. Because the way I see it, they're only getting worse. And for all the people praising Cade McNamara coming in, the guy is trash. The guy is a little dumpster that's on fire. He, They're going to be wishing for, for Stephen Petrus to come back and play for the team. Because ultimately, McNamara is not the answer. Why did now, the Huskers T-Salt, beat them hold last on, year? Jay-Salt, Why did the Huskers there's... beat them last year? That's because it was their bowl game. They weren't going on to play anymore. That was going to be their last game playing as a Husker for their seniors and the guys going to the NFL draft. I mean, the little few guys that were going to the NFL draft. That is why they beat them. In my predictions, the Huskers would already have six wins. What is the difference in six and seven wins? At that point, they would already be bowl eligible. And let me tell you something. The kids are just going to get flat-out beat. This is one of the best defenses in college football year in, year out. Jason, I'm so glad to see that you were able to pass kindergarten here because you counted up seven losses on a 6-6 six and six team. That is not what I did. Name the seven. Uh, let's just go back down the list here. For anybody who was listening, you can play it back as well. Uh, Jason said the Huskers are going to start with a loss at Minnesota. Then they're going to get an asterisk and a loss at Colorado because apparently is Dion is the best coach that in the world. That is not what I said. <laughs> then they're going to lose to Michigan. And then I they're was going already to get bought steamrolled. a shirt that then said they're going Dion to get, Land. Then they're going to get steamrolled at Champaign, Urban, Urbana-Champaign for Illinois. It says Dion so at, that point, at that point, we're at four losses. And then he goes, uh, after homecoming, we're going to lose our two road games uh, at Michigan State. Who's I didn't a trash even say team, homecoming. So. At at Wisconsin, yeah, we're gonna lose that. And the oh man, Iowa on Black Friday, that that offense that can score less than our defense. Oh, yeah, you know what? That's a loss too. That's seven. Yeah, Jason. So I never again, said Colorado was I'm a loss. I never you. said Colorado was a loss. I said it was gonna be a tough win, but we are given eight points there, and I do not think it was gonna be a loss for the Huskers. 
But JSL, I'm still coming at you. I promise you there's absolutely no way the Huskers lose to Iowa this year. I'll tell you, Northwestern has a better chance to beat us than Iowa. Tiso, I don't know what you are mixed up on. They got a different quarterback. It's going to be a different offense run under her The same son. idiot coach? They have the worst offensive coordinator in college football. I'm not disagreeing. I am just saying that if the Huskers have six wins at this point, what are they – they aren't playing for anything like they were last year. Last year, it was their last game. Guess what? This year, if they get six wins by that point, they would be going to a bowl game, and guess what? They wouldn't give less of a crap about that game because what does it do for their season? Absolutely nothing, and I believe some of their guys would be sitting if they were already bowl eligible, letting some of the seniors who maybe aren't going to play this season get a last chance. Well, Jason, I'll tell you, if I was at the casino with you right now, I'm putting all my money on Nebraska to beat Iowa. And you can lose all your money when you're betting on Iowa to beat the Huskers. Because Cade, Cade okay, Stephen Petrus, the guy was trash. And everybody in college football knows the guy was trash. But Who they are think your that five Cade, losses there, Tiso? But I, Cade, no, I don't on. even care anymore. Cade, Who are your Cade five McNamara? losses? You had five losses no, on that no. list, and you were We're talking about how bad Illinois is. I want to know who your five losses are. No, we're not done talking about Iowa. Cade Cade McNamara is a reject from Michigan. He led the team, quote-unquote, led the team to the playoffs. A championship-caliber team. Their ass whooped. They scored zero points in the playoff game, and it was his fault. Where were they? Ultimately, Where were they? Not because of him, because of their running back and their defense. Well, where were they? Where were they? Iowa, Iowa is sitting and hoping and praying that their defense comes out and looks the way that it did last year. Because last year they had probably the best defense in the Big Ten. And that says a lot for a team that only won eight games. Now, if Iowa has anything less than that defense that they had last year, because it's so unlikely to hold that great of a defense on such a average football team, it's likely that defense is going to get worse. And the offense ain't getting any better with the idiot coaches they got going there. So... My prediction, Iowa's going to be lucky to have six wins this year. And ultimately, I would not be surprised if they finished dead last in the West in the last year of the West because Northwestern is just a toss-up question mark every single season. But ultimately, that's who's going to battle it out for last. So let me get this straight. They're going to be lucky to get six wins, but you just picked the Huskers to have seven. (laughs) Sounds like they're in a little bit of the same boat there, T-Cell. Let me hear... uh, who your five losses are now. Come on, you said you Jay had five, and you said we weren't going to lose to Illinois. Seven wins is improvement for them, and five five wins or four wins for them is a huge disappointment. And ultimately, okay, so they your... might be firing fr- uh, Kirk Frenzik after this season. You're skipping around the question there, T-Saw. Who, uh, who are your losses there on the Husker schedule? H- hold on, hold on, hold on. What you guys are failing to understand is there is a reason that Iowa went out and recruited this Michigan reject in Cade McNamara. And it is a fact that Cade McNamara knows how to hand the ball off to a running back and drop back and throw 10 passes a game. That is Iowa's playbook right there. They don't even have to teach him, hey, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to not throw the ball 42 times a game. I'm going to need you to really just 10 passes. That's it. He already has the whole playbook. Brian Ferentz is a terrible offensive coordinator. He's going to be like, hey, listen, just hand the ball off. And then, you know, uh, when we're down big in the second half, I'm going to have you throw five passes. I need two picks. 
Cade McNamara. Guess what? Lock it if in. If that gets you, if that gets you eight to eight wins, why aren't we doing that? Iowa is not going to come. Iowa is not coming close to eight wins next year. How many did they have last year? How many did they have the year before? How many years have they gone bowling in a row? Well, Jay, so that's based on the defensive play, and their okay, defense is not going to be anywhere close. It's, it's a team sport. We're talking about wins here. and losses here. That's a team sport. You can't just narrow it in on one little thing. Yeah, I might you can't go look just at... ignore the quarterback position. It's a team sport. Now, now, guys, I I know we were going through the Nebraska schedule, and I'm just I'm just spitballing here. I'm looking at this Iowa schedule, and you know I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five, six, eight losses. So. We couldn't even tell you what game you're looking at because honestly, you might just be football. I'm counting you. eight as well. I'm counting oh, eight losses as well. <laughs> Perfect. Do you you're so not going to want to be in the same, same boat as that. Okay. Utah State. Utah loss. State. <laughs> loss. Yep. Iowa State. Loss. Uh, loss. Yep. Western Michigan. I'll give Western them a win. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give them win. a win. Penn State. Loss. Losing to Penn State. Yep. They're losing, losing to Michigan, Michigan State. State. Yeah. Purdue was my toss-up game, but I, I think they'll beat Purdue. I gave them a win. I gave them yeah, a double exactly against Purdue. Uh, at Wisconsin, Wisconsin's loss. a loss. First Minnesota, Minnesota's loss. a loss. At Northwestern. Beat Northwestern. Yeah, it's a win. Yeah. Rutgers, yeah, probably a win. win. Well, Rutgers is a win. Illinois, Illinois is a loss. Loss. Nebraska, And loss. Uh, Nebraska, loss. Yeah. Pretty in sync there, Eight losses. <laughs> we have a lot of faith in this Iowa football team. I am just glad I was not a part of that because I don't know if I'd want to be in sync with either of your guys' picks. So now, are you, telling me, are, you, are you arguing any of those picks that we just had for this Iowa Hawkeye football team? Yeah, Jay, so what What are you looking so at? So you think you're going to go gonna out there and lose to a terrible Iowa State? They lost to them last year. It's a rivalry game. It's in Ames this year. Yeah, I, I think Iowa in, State's got it. Lock it in. you... Put Utah, it on the board. Joe, Utah, Jason, who? Utah State. Jason, they yeah. lost. Didn't they on. lose nine to seven to Iowa State last year? I'm pretty sure it was like nine to seven, and everyone was making fun of their offense for not being able to score more than seven points. Actually, I think their defense scored I, the seven. Points. I think the defense scored a touchdown. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you, Jason, right for that now, reason. if their defense doesn't play like last season, it, even if they're a really, really good defense, but they're not the best in the league. They're not winning six games. They won eight games because of their defense and nothing else. Literally nothing else. And they got their butts handed to them by a terrible Nebraska team. Because they had, for an eight-win squad, had no business losing to Nebraska. No business. All right, well, Tiso, you're kind of dodging the question still. Let's flip it over to that Huskers schedule and let's get your five losses. Okay, Jay, so I got five losses heading into the season for Nebraska. Right now, I'm looking at Minnesota's an L, okay? Oh, so you're going to be calling him Cappuccino uh, uh, Boy. Uh. I didn't agree to that. You were talking to B, so I would have never agreed to that because Minnesota is a solid program right now, and I think we need a couple more stepping stones to get above to where Minnesota's at right now. Now, T-Saw, we all know how you feel about P.J. Fleck and the fact that you called Minnesota to win the Big Ten West last year, and that was just so wrong. But continue down the down the path here. Bezel, didn't you call Northwestern to win the Big Ten West? 
because oh, yeah, I'm pretty Huskers, sure they won one yeah, game. Yeah, these Huskers go to play in the playoff as well. <laughs> I, I did I have that, but I've never called Northwestern to win the West. Yeah, Northwestern, well, Nebraska in the playoffs. That would have been a better bet because Northwestern actually beat the Huskers. <laughs> but I'm looking at Minnesota as an L, okay? I'm looking at Michigan as an L. I'm looking at Illinois as an L. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wasn't that one that we should be steamrolling year in and year out, you're saying? Yes. Again, B Saul's words with his mixtape. Okay. I got Wisconsin as an L. Because we're not what? we're not at that level yet. You're picking you're picking the one game that matters. We're not there yet. It's year one. You can't expect the guy to go out there and beat Wisconsin. A team that our program historically just cannot beat. And my last L, I have Northwestern beating us. I think Northwestern's going to rebound. We couldn't beat them last year. But we'll beat Purdue. We'll beat Michigan State. We'll beat Iowa, definitely. We'll beat Maryland. I mean, that's not a toss-up. So you got us beating every single other person on that list, but you have us losing to a one-win Northwestern team. Well, Jay Saul, ultimately, Northwestern, yes, I picked them a one-win squad to beat us, but ultimately, Northwestern, they beat us last season, okay? And I told you, I pick seven and five, but I expect more. Going into the Northwestern game, I fully expect us to beat Northwestern. I fully expect us to beat Minnesota. You know, I even expect us to beat Michigan, Wisconsin. I expect us to beat everybody. But there it is, folks. The roulade is flowing in T's cup. But I'm trying so to then be answer me realistic. a question. Answer me a question. Then. Why so, even lock in five yeah. losses? <laughs> so you're not being realistic when you're saying that you yeah, expect 12 and 0, baby. So you're not realistic is what you're saying. No, I'm saying I, I think those will be losses, but I'm really expecting us to do better. So you're hoping for seven, better. I'm picking if you were seven expecting it. If you were no, expecting, expecting it, wouldn't it. you pick it as a win? Nope, I'm expecting it. So and you're no, expecting Jay a Saul? win. So if I go to Vegas and I think that, you know, roulette table is going to land on red. Season. If I expect it to land on red, but I go out there and throw all my money on black, what am I doing? Well, Jay, so here's what I'm telling you right now. If we just go back and pick games from last season and keep the exact outcome from last season, I expect better than four and eight. I expect a lot better than four and eight. But you're saying that you're expecting us to win all these games, yet picking them as losses. That's where you just, you got me confused. That's the way it's been. That's been our life, Jason. And I'm just trying to accept that. Okay, so you're hoping for us to win, but you don't believe no, I'm we're going to win. No, I'm expecting it. Listen, I have watched it. too many games, and it'd be in the third quarter, and I go, well, we have the lead here. It's over. We lost. That is called culture, and we don't have it. That is why I am hopeful for a six and six, but I am expecting a six and six, and that is why I picked a six and six. I am not out here expecting to go to the national championship and win and picking a six and six like somebody else on this panel. Uh, I'm nobody surprised on this national panel championship is... even came out of your mouth because you're expecting why? us to lose to Iowa, so you shouldn't be saying the word national championship and lost to Iowa in the same season, Jason. Well, guess what? Guess what? When I'm wearing around my new snazzy shirt that says Urban Town, you'll be seeing 
that I will be talking about national championships because why? That guy knows how to win national championships. Now, before we go back down this Urban Meyer rabbit hole that Jason loves to dive into. It's called national championship rabbit hole. Let's get that corrected. I would love to ask you boys, how did you feel about big banters quarterback rankings for the preseason this year? Well, we saw that's a, a great question. Ultimately, if any of our loyal scoopers out there scrolled through the comment section, I 100% agree with TP. TP was right on point. It, I, for all of you who didn't see TP's comment, TP said the thing that got all the likes, and TP said, Iowa QB at number two is just wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. TP is dead on there. And listen, the guys at Big Banter put together their brains. They were trying to come out, and they were like, listen, J.J. McCarthy at number one. And, you know, I'll give him that. The guy led Michigan to – the guy led Michigan to I'm the playoffs. Giving, I don't care about that. That's not from the quarterback play. I JJ you know, McCarthy did you enough me, last year. You give me no, no way. After that, after that, after you give me Corum in the defense, I'm going to the playoffs. I I could go out there with Spencer Petras as my quarterback, and guess what? I'm going okay, to the playoffs just, with Corum in that defense. That's just blasphemy because Spencer Petras shouldn't even be a quarterback at the college level. But anyway, this is J.J. McCarthy. I'm not here to argue Michigan quarterbacks with you, T-Salt. The fact that they put two of them up at the top, I'm telling you, McCarthy is the better option, which is why he beat out Cade McNamara, which is why I will give him the number one spot there. At number two, come on, McNamara, absolutely not. He should be like 13. Tua's brother who had to transfer out of Alabama to Maryland? Why is he even in the top 10? Then you've got this mediocre transfer in for Wisconsin. Come on. I just, I'm telling you, two to 10 are all a flip of a coin right here. And I think Jeff Sims will end the season this year as the second best quarterback in the Big Ten. Bissell, it's definitely possible, but I'm telling you this right now. Julia Pagavola, I don't know how you say his name. He's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. If he wasn't on Maryland and he was in Michigan, Michigan would have an actual championship. That's how good of a quarterback he is. He's got the NFL talent. He should be ranked number one. He's living off his brother's name, t Saul. I don't think so. I don't think so. His brother was at Alabama. This guy's at Maryland. And this guy had Maryland to leave doesn't Alabama. Have the this guy had to leave Alabama because he couldn't play. This guy's putting up the numbers at Maryland that no one else can put up as a quarterback because Maryland's not bringing in top talented recruits. If if he could do it, if he can do it at Maryland, that tells me he could do it just about anywhere in the country. He's putting up stats. Does he throw a lot of picks? Sure, because again, like I said, he doesn't have five star prospects out there like Ohio State. So. Or Michigan, for that matter. So I'm putting Tulia number one. For sure, number one. Caden McNamara, nah, he's, like Bissell said, he's 13, maybe 14. J.J. McCarthy, to me, put him at six. Just drop him in there in the middle. 
because ultimately he doesn't play like a true quarterback. He runs more than he wants to throw. Jeff Sims, I think, will be better than J.J. McCarthy. Um, that Minnesota quarterback, I think, should be a lot higher than 11. So, T-Saw, is, again, is this something that you're expecting? Or I guess, how do you weigh better? J-Saw, I'm, I'm still trying to gather how a quarterback who led a team to four and five in the Big Ten Conference should be number one. Because, B-Saw, it's a team sport. And you can't judge a team just based on the quarterback. This is quarterback rankings, not team rankings. I'd like to check that because if this was team rankings, then sure, yeah, I'm throwing Michigan first. But this I, is a I'm team sorry, rankings. I'm sorry. Uh, Tunga Valoya put up 77 yards against Wisconsin and then backed it up the next week with uh, 74 yards against Penn State. Well, he's riding on his brother's resume. So that's what I'm weigh saying. Weigh that in. Look up J.J. McCarthy's stats and then look up Cade McNamara's stats. And specifically look up Cade McNamara's stats in the playoff game that he played. Because I'm really curious to see what he did. I'm well, really curious times, about that, Diesel. How many times does he have he to get go play Georgia? At how many times does he have to go and play Georgia? Doesn't matter, Jason. How many times does oh, <laughs> that have does to go matter? Because Georgia State? has the best defense. Georgia is the best team in college football. So yes, that does matter. If somebody's going out there and playing, well, I was going to say Georgia Southern, but I guess they're technically just they are Georgia against the Huskers lately. Now, Tisa, let's just let's just nip this in the bud here. Uh, you'd like to compare the two of them from the year before, right? So let's just look at it. McCarthy led a team to nine and zero in conference. Tunga Valoa four and five in conference. Again, that's team rankings. You're talking about team rankings. Like I said, if we're talking about team rankings, I'm not arguing Michigan first. We're talking about just the quarterback play, just quarterback play. Because Tulia had three thousand yards, eighteen passing touchdowns. Eight picks. Completion percentage of 67%. That completion percentage is NFL worthy. He's going to get a shot. And I don't believe that J.J. McCarthy will be playing quarterback in the NFL, but I could see Tulia being a quarterback in the NFL. J.J. McCarthy will get a shot. He'll probably be like all the other quarterbacks that, that play the way he does. They'll, he, he'll just be a quarterback, then he'll switch to wide receiver, then he'll be out of the league in two years. Or playing in Canada, so, either one. So, T-Cell, let's just, again, let's look at this. So, McCarthy uh, last year in conference, 22 touchdowns to five picks. Um, Tonga Valoa. And he uh, did that 18, at Michigan. Hold 18, on. So, he 18 did that touchdowns at Michigan for a team that was in the playoffs. Interceptions. Yeah. Julia threw 18 touchdowns on a team that had a losing record in the Big Ten, like you just said. Imagine his stats if he was on Michigan. Just imagine that. It'd be mind blowing. See, and and that's that's where I disagree with you. I think if he was that good a quarterback when he transferred out of Alabama, he could have gone anywhere. He went to Maryland for a reason. Well, I'm just saying, B. So I don't care what people thought of him at that point in time or what. Ultimately, Maryland took a chance on him, and it's paying off for him because it took them from being even with Rutgers to ultimately being on that tier right below Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State because it's a toss-up who the next best team is outside of those top three, which Penn State's holding on by a pinky, okay? But it's a toss-up. Some weeks it's some weeks it's been Maryland. Some weeks it's been Iowa. Some weeks it's been Purdue. You don't really know. 
But when you look at J.J. McCarthy's stats from last season, he threw for less yardage, less completion percentage, and like you said, he threw only four more touchdowns. Because he didn't need to. They were up, so they start running the ball to win the game. Tonga Valoa had a ton of garbage time plays, which is why he had more yardage. That doesn't make they him a better the quarterback. They played the same amount of minutes. They played the same amount of minutes. You know what that tells me? Harbaugh doesn't trust McCarthy. That's what that tells me. Because did you ever see Ohio State stop throwing the football with uh, C.J. Stroud? Yes, I did in the second no, half. No, not C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud was crap. We're talking the other guy. C.J. Stroud didn't accomplish a thing at Ohio State. Didn't accomplish a thing. For the team that has the most talented in the Big Ten by far, he accomplished nothing there. He accomplished absolutely nothing. So, Tiesel, just because I'm curious, can you can you round out your let's let's just get your top seven here? Well, B. So, I don't think I can give you my top seven because I don't know seven quarterbacks on this list. There's a lot of new guys, and there's a lot of teams that I just don't tune into weekly. Give me your top three. I'm telling you, it's Tulia at one. Okay. We're locking in that one. That's the only one I'm locking in. <laughs> I could see Jeff Sims climbing up to two or three. I really could. And I could see the Minnesota guy being two or three as well. I think those are the three I'm going to stick with. Ohio State, I know nothing about Kyle McCord. He doesn't have a very athletic name, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm definitely not picking Purdue at five. And we know Wisconsin hasn't been exactly the quarterback destination since Russell Wilson left. Yeah, I think the issue here when you're looking at it is the list here is really built off of what you've done for me lately. And nobody respects what Jeff Sims did at Georgia Tech. And what he did was outstanding. The guy put up video game stats. And let me tell you something. I would lock in McCarthy, Sims, McCord as the top three. You're just picking McCord because of his name at Ohio State. I'm simply picking him because he plays on Ohio State and the guy's going to put up stats this year. Well, look, here's what I want to point out as well. If you recall that Minnesota game, we had Minnesota on the ropes. We knocked out their QB, and this Calicamacus came in the game and lit us up. I think he, he like threw like 10 completions in a row or something crazy. I just don't want to count that guy out. That Minnesota I'm guy I'm should not be out. ranked 11. Counting him out. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. And let's not forget, Tiesel, that even if Kyle McCord is an average quarterback, the guy is throwing to NFL receivers at Ohio State that he will finish highly ranked in the quarterback room. Tiesel, I disagree with you. Because if Kyle McCord... Yeah. How can you disagree? If if I was out there, I could be completing passes to Marvin Harrison and Ukabuka. Well, Bissell, that's the point. Here's what I'm telling you. If Kyle McCord comes out on the season and isn't that great but tries to put up the stats or the numbers or whatever you just said, they're going to bench him. They're not going to do that. who? They got another 15-year veteran Tristan Jebbia who couldn't even make it at Nebraska? No, not Tristan Jebbia. If you look at their depth chart, they got Devin Brown listed, then Link Kleinholtz, 
and then Jebbia. Okay. And ultimately, what I'm telling you is that Ohio State, if this quarterback's not cutting it, they're going to cut him and bring in the net. They're going to bring in the freshman. Ultimately, is what they're going to do. And then you picking Kyle McCord second won't even be a thing because he's not even going to be a starting quarterback in the league. I'm telling you, there is no way anybody gets benched from that Ohio State quarterback position when you are trotted out behind an NFL offensive line with NFL receivers on the outside. You literally can make mistakes and you will still look outstanding. I disagree with you there, B. So, because Caden McNamara did it at Michigan. He played there, looked less than stellar, but they didn't bench him for some reason. I'm sorry. Michigan does not Michigan does not have nearly the caliber wideouts that Ohio State does. They're definitely not that far behind. But here's what I'm telling you, B. So. It sounds like you're ranking your quarterbacks based on how good or bad the team is or, you know, the the stats that the running back puts up. And ultimately, that doesn't make a quarterback. A quarterback is just his passing ability, his stats that he puts up, his touchdowns, his yards, etc. Has nothing to do with the running back, nothing to do with the offensive line, and nothing to do with the defense. Now, T-Cell, what you fail to remember here is quarterbacks are graded off of the wins and losses in the games they start. And I can tell you right now, the three that I'm picking as the top three quarterbacks in the Big Ten, I will lock it in right now. But I am curious, J-Cell, who on this list do you have as your top three? Well, B-Cell, ultimately, before we go to J-Cell's picks here, you got to pick your best quarterback based on who you think has the talent to make it in the NFL. Because ultimately, I can promise you, Cade McNamara is not making the NFL, and neither is J.J. McCarthy. Tulio probably will. I never said McNamara. You've been screaming his name since we started this segment. I'm going to need you to go back and listen to the tape, T-Cell, because you're obviously hearing things. No, B-Cell, you're just saying things. And now you're just saying things that don't even make sense. I'm telling you this right now. Tulio? is number one, and it's not even close who's in second place right now until they prove it to you. Because if you flip J.J. McCarthy and Tulia, I'm telling you, Tulia's stats would be through the roof. And J.J. McCarthy, people would be calling his name to be benched. All right, well, I guess I want to bring up what is the what is the standards for this? I guess what are they weighing their options on? In In my opinion, are we looking at the best college football team, the guy that can go to the next level? Or just the flat-out best quarterback? Because the flat-out best quarterback might not be the best quarterback at the next level. Jason, sometimes I wonder if you hear the things that you say out loud. The well, best let me quarterback ask you this, would obviously be the best quarterback at the next level. No, You're going to tell me that case. you're going to take any quarterback over Patrick Mahomes? He had to redraft everybody? How did Tommy Frazier settle in the NFL? How did... Um... Scott Frost settled in the NFL. We can go down the list of guys that won the hmm, Heisman. How did Johnny Manziel turn out in the NFL? How did Baker Mayfield? How is Baker Mayfield doing in the NFL? They got a I chance. Mean, Ultimately, that's what we're saying. Cade, but there your was pick, better guys. Your pick for number one. Your pick for number one at Cade McNamara. There was better guys that came out of the draft. Does not have a chance at the NFL. I never said it was going to be Caden McNamara, first of all. And second of all, just because they get a chance doesn't mean they're going to be the best at the next level. So I want to know, are you looking for 
pro-style quarterbacks, college-style quarterbacks, or the best college football team that are on this list? The best quarterback in the Big Ten. Again, that doesn't answer my question. Are you looking for college? I I know we're looking at Big Ten quarterbacks. Are you looking for the ne- guy that's the, the Big best Ten potential? a college conference? So tell me the best quarterback in the Big Ten conference for college football. Okay. Well, I just wanted to know that because guess what? All these guys are playing in the Big Ten means they have an opportunity to go play at the next level. So if you're wanting me to talk about the quarterbacks that were going to be the best at the next level, let me tell you something. They would be a different option. But yes, I do believe they hit it right. The nail on the head with number one, J.J. McCarthy is flat out the best quarterback in the Big Ten Conference. How do you figure? What are you basing that on? Are you basing that on yardage? Because he didn't finish with the most yardage. Well, I'm just going to say he's the best quarterback in college football. He plays the best scheme. He wins the most games. Guess what? Guess who's going to be my second pick? Kyle McCord. So you're picking J.J. McCarthy over Caleb Williams? Um, Is Caleb Williams on the list? You just said he was the best quarterback in college football. That's not the Big Ten. That includes everybody. And you're telling you know. me that Michigan has the best quarterback in college football. Well, you know what we're talking about. We're talking about this list, and guess what? We're talking about them in college football. That is where that came from. So let me tell you something. Kyle McCord would be my number two on that list. And what are you basing that off of? The team he's going to be playing with, the guys that are going to surround him. So guess what? He's going to have the most opportunity to succeed out of the list. Well, let's just pull up Kyle McCord's stats for you, Jason. And lastly, I will be bringing it home with Tanner Mordecai. So, Jason, you're picking Kyle McCord as your second best quarterback in the league because all of the 190 yards he threw for last season? How many many attempts did he have? How many games did he play? And what was his his passer rating? Looks like he played in four games. What was his completion percentage? He threw two passes in all the games he played in. What was his completion percentage? Look, I'm telling you this, Jason. I noticed you're not you don't want to say the completion percentage. He has I yet just, to prove anything. I'm just asking, what's the completion he percentage? He hasn't played a complete game. He comes in when the games are already over. What is the completion percentage? He's at eighty percent for last season, sixty five okay. for the year before. He threw for more yardage in 2021 than he did in 2022. He got more opportunities. And guess what? He's going to be getting way more opportunities this year. And that is why you're going to see him jumping off the charts. Also, he is playing with the best athletes on the field. I just don't buy it, Jason. I just don't buy it. You don't buy it. He's playing with the best athletes on the field in the Big Ten. If he was so good, they would have put him in last year because everybody knows C.J. Stroud was nothing special. And where is he If he was... If he was great, and where is he at? He's nothing special, but he was the second second overall pick. Nothing special. Yeah, they wasted their pick, is what you mean. (laughs) You're right. They should have been. We're ripping on Carolina. They should have been. They should have been drafted Tulia. You're 100 percent right. They should have. The guys put up stats at Maryland. That's not normal. It's normal to put up stats at Ohio State. He's putting up stats just because he's playing there. Doesn't mean he's putting up good stats. They're pretty good stats. They're not eighty percent. Three thousand yards in two straight years. 
67% and 69% completion percentage is pretty normal. I mean, you're you're talking about J.J. McCarthy threw for 57% in 2021 and then 64 last year. So Tulia beat him both years. Um, who beat him on the field? Who beat him in the games? Where Again, really that's matters. team stats. That's not quarterback stats. Okay, but it's the you best college football quarterback. You can only dissect the quarterback. Who is the best quarterback in the NFL history? Now you're going to have a different debate. Yep. And why is he the best? Because Who? he won games. Who's the best? Tom Brady. When did I say Tom Brady? Okay. Why would Tom Brady be considered the best player in college in the NFL? I because he won pick, games. I personally would take Peyton Manning over Tom Brady. Now nah, you're just me personally. Smoke. I ain't Listen, blowing smoke. I think Peyton Peyton Manning was a great quarterback. He might know the game better than Tom Brady and be able to complete it better. However, Tom Brady has all of the rings and that is what matters. If you at the end of the day, if you gave Peyton Bill Belichick, he'd be counting all the rings too. And Brady would be sitting there with one, but at the end of the day, weren't you the one, weren't you the one that said that you would take 49 years of being tarnished to get one championship? I don't believe it was 49, Jason. I believe it was 10. Nope, it was 49. Because it was out of 50 years. And you said you would take 49 years of tarnish just to get one championship. So That's I don't like want to hear life. you come out here and say that. You said that was his whole life? Cecil, he just... Cecil just said you'd been living 49 years of tarnish. I said that would be like your whole life. Yeah, I wouldn't have agreed to that. You definitely 100% agreed to that. Be so- I agreed to 10 years because we've already lived through 10 years of crap. So give me my ring. Don't worry, my friends. Matt Rule is on to save the day. Well, thanks for joining us for another week of the Sully Scoop. You're here with J-So. B-So. And T-So. And don't forget to follow and like and leave a comment so you be on next week's Grandstand Gossip. Go Big Red.